and running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We have a justice. We do. We have a justice for the Supreme Court. Merrick Garland. Oh, wait. Nope. Sorry. I meant Brett Kavanaugh. He's going to the U.S. Supreme Court. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Susan Collins declaring she will support Brett Kavanaugh for the United States Supreme Court. Uh, Jeff Flake as well. Joe Manchin, he will have 51 votes without the vice president having to break the tie. Welcome, everybody. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. We're going to pull three hours today breaking this down. Let me begin here. Susan Collins on the floor of the Senate was livid with Michael Avenatti. She found him and his client completely lacking any credibility, just completely not credible. I I, I dare say incredible that to claim that a nominee for the United States Supreme Court was a 15-year-old rape gang organizer, among other things, Um, she, she was having none of it fundamentally opposed to the attacks on Judge Kavanaugh. She was also livid with her Democratic colleagues and outside progressive groups for their treatment of Christine Blasey Ford. Now, we'll get into Ford. You may not be sympathetic, uh, but we, we will get into this. She said it felt like people were using Christine Blasey Ford more than uh, to attack Judge Kavanaugh more than they actually cared about her. And she defended Kavanaugh's judicial record, saying that we, we've forgotten about his judicial record, his judicial temperament. It's all gotten overshadowed. It's all gotten politicized. And then in the end, she said she was voting for Judge Kavanaugh. Because in this country, our founding principles involve due process and innocence until proven guilty. And that there is a burden of proof, and even at the minimal burden of proof, of more likely than not, it is not more likely than not that Judge Kavanaugh did these things. So she decided she will support Judge Kavanaugh to be Justice Kavanaugh on the United States Supreme Court. Jeff Flake has come out and supported him, come out to support him as well. So you've got Susan Collins, you've got Jeff Flake, you've got uh, Joe Manchin of West Virginia will be the 52nd vote. So we will get 52 votes for, uh, for no, 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 I'm sorry, we'll get 51 votes because Lisa Murkowski of Alaska has come out against him. I, I do have to tell you, I talked to a senator this afternoon who is very insistent that if the Republicans keep the majority next year, that Lisa Murkowski is going to have to pay a price on this. People forget she's actually an independent. She's not a Republican. She's an independent. She has a loose coalition of moderate Republicans and Democrats who have supported her. And she is she's got the native Hawaiians who hate Judge Kavanaugh. The native Hawaiians hate Judge Kavanaugh because he said several rulings over the years uh, against their interests in Alaska. And so Lisa Murkowski sided with them. She did what was in her political interests. And it is a reminder she caucuses with the Republicans and she owes the Republicans her senior leadership position in Congress. And some of her Republican colleagues want now to take that from her after Kavanaugh is confirmed. Uh, Perhaps they will if the Republicans keep the majority. And it looks like they may. Joe Donnelly in Indiana rejecting um, Brett Kavanaugh hurts him in Indiana. That possibly swings the Indiana Senate race to the Republicans. Now, you know, I, I, it's it's hard to overstate how the left has overplayed their hand. Let, let me give you data from Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac polling. Quinnipiac polling has been doing a series of polling in su- swing state suburban women. 
You have that swing state suburban women. So they haven't been polling the women of California and they haven't been polling the women of New York. They've been polling the women of New Mexico, Colorado, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, the swing states in the suburbs. In July, the last day of July, the Democratic polling on the generic ballot was a 14 percentage point advantage over the GOP. The last day of August, the Democratic generic ballot advantage was an 11 point lead over the Republicans. The last day of September, the generic ballot lead for the Democrats over the Republicans was one point. One point. It went from 14 points in July to one point in the end of September. Because you see those swing state suburban mothers know this could be their son. In fact, this appears to be resonating with women in a way Democrats didn't believe because the Democrats are in such a bubble that they never encounter people who, I mean, the the entire feminist movement is mostly angry single women who are, they're childless. When you got a bunch of angry, single, childless women who can't relate that moms may think this could happen to my boy, well, they can plan a strategy and overplay their hand, and they did. Susan Collins called them out on the floor. Susan Collins, oh, there's Chuck Schumer. Schumer's got a sad, he's on TV complaining right now. They've done everything they can to stop this guy. Nonetheless, Susan Collins, not Elizabeth Warren, Susan Collins persisted. And she persisted because she's outraged at the treatment of Judge Kavanaugh. And she was outraged at the treatment of Christine Blasey Ford, who she says she believes that she was assaulted. She does not believe that it was um, – she doesn't believe that it was Kavanaugh who did it. She doesn't know that all the witnesses said no. And then she pointed out, news today, the Wall Street Journal says – that people close to Christine Blasey Ford tried to intimidate one of her witnesses into changing her story. Yes, that was deeply persuasive to Flake and to Collins, I'm told. That Leland Kaiser, the lifelong friend of uh, of Christine Blasey Ford, who said she didn't even know Brett Kavanaugh and had no memory of this meeting, people close to her saying that Ford's representatives tried to intimidate her into changing her story, tried to coerce her, tried to bully her into changing her story. And the ties, it turns out that the person who was applying the pressure worked for a Chuck Schumer ally. This all appears to be a greater plot to upend Brett Kavanaugh, and it didn't work, folks. It did not work. And I've got to say, and yes, I, I would I would be upset with Susan Collins had she this afternoon changed the way she was doing things. But I got to say, I do have to give her credit. Whether she voted for him or not, she treated the process deliberatively as our founders intended. The Senate was supposed to be the greatest deliberative body on the planet. And she was thoughtful. She was deliberative. She was probing. She used the time the FBI gave to review all the evidence. She backed up the FBI, and this is where we are, folks. She read the report, and she was actually upset with the information she found in the report. She was actually upset with the information that it looks like the Democrats were intending to smear Judge Kavanaugh. So she's going to vote for him. Jeff Flake is going to vote for him. Joe Manchin is going to vote for him. He will be the next United States Supreme Court justice. And the left, over the next 24 hours, remember, they can't have a vote under the Senate rules. I'll explain this when we get back. They can't have a vote until tomorrow night to make it final. And the left is going to get violent. It is 26 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Y'all, you may want to be clean shaven for this 
nomination vote that's going to happen tomorrow afternoon. Just just get yourself ready to welcome the newest justice of the United States Supreme Court. Now, you can do this with Harry's razors. For a limited time, new customers can save big on a Harry's shave set with Erickson as your checkout code at harrys.com. You get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, travel cover. It's just three bucks. Y'all, this is a great offer. New customers, you get $5 off a shave set from Harry's Razors. All you do is you go to harrys.com. You use my last name as your code, Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. means you get a starter set, comes with a five-blade razor. You get a weighted handle. You get foaming shave gel. You get a travel cover. It's just three bucks, folks, and free shipping. You just use code Erickson at harrys.com. You join millions of guys who've already switched by going to harrys.com today. Use code Erickson at checkout. Claim your offer. If you don't believe me, you can go to Target. You can go to Walmart. You can check them out there before you take advantage of this offer. Let's go to the phones, shall we? Mark in Marietta, you're going to be up first tonight. Welcome. Hi. I was wanting to know if you know of any Democrat nominations that have ever had to be withdrawn because um, I can remember the Bork, and I remember there was, I don't remember her name, but George W. Bush had to withdraw a female. Yeah, Harriet Myers. Well, I mean, you could yeah. you could say Merrick Garland, although not really. Um, but uh, one of them is, let's see, Abe Fortas. Um, he had to withdraw his nomination. Uh, Lyndon Johnson had put him up. And then... Um, what was his name? What was his name? What was his name? Um, um, Homer Thornberry. Homer Thornberry. I had to look him up. Homer Thornberry. Uh, after Abe Fortas, uh, Homer Thornberry was submitted by Lyndon Johnson, and the White House withdrew his nomination. Um, that's the last time. Um, Nixon, Reagan, George W. Bush, they all had withdrawn nominations or, or blocked nominations. Um, and then, of course, no action taken on Merrick Garland with uh, Barack Obama. Yep, absolutely. I'm happy to be Google. Let's let's see. I can't do justice to another phone call. We don't have time. So stick around. When we come back, we will take more of your phone calls. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. There were a couple of other Republicans who could have voted no, who were persuaded not to vote no, but to support the nomination. I want to talk about those when we come back. Uh, some of them friends. And it wasn't the sexual assault allegations that nearly scuttled them voting for um, for Brett Kavanaugh. It was all of the talk about perjury. There's a reason the left started pounding on the drinking. I'll explain when we come back. It's 38 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I apologize. I promised to explain why they can't vote until tomorrow afternoon and moved on to other things and forgot. So let me explain the Senate rules to you. Senate rules have what's called cloture. Cloture is the vote they had this morning at 1030 a.m. Cloture is to cut off debate. Under the rules of the Senate, this is filibuster. Under the rules of the Senate, it requires 60 votes to cut off debate. Um, and if you can't get to 60 votes, debate goes on. It, you you have to have 60 votes to file cloture. Well, remember, the Democrats changed that rule for judicial nominations except the Supreme Court, lowered it to 51. It was then changed again by the Republicans when they filibustered Neil Gorsuch to lower the Supreme Court nominations as well to 51. So now all nominations you have in the Senate called an executive calendar and a legislative calendar. Everything under the executive calendar, that's things from the president regarding nominations for anyone. That's now you only need 51 votes to cut off debate, to file for cloture. For legislation, you still need 60 well, under the rules of the Senate, I believe it's Rule 25, 23 or 25, I can't remember, it doesn't really matter, but once cloture is filed and voted for, a 30-hour clock begins ticking. And in that 30 hours, the Senate 
is open for any debate. Any member of the Senate can come, ask for the floor, and talk as long as they want. But when the 30th hour arrives, it's over. Debate ends. The president of the Senate orders the vote. And so at 4.30 tomorrow afternoon will be the 30th hour from when cloture was filed and invoked. And boom. The Now, the, the whole other thing you need to know about the Senate rules is that the reason Mitch McConnell had to file cloture on Wednesday, he actually filed it on Wednesday, is because under the Senate rules, a day must pass before it can be acted upon. So he had to file it on Wednesday after the FBI report was received, and he knew they would have the entire day Thursday to review the report. If he waited until after everyone had reviewed the report and filed it yesterday, well, we would be into Sunday, Monday next week. They want to get Kavanaugh on the court next week because there are some big cases coming up next week. So they want to have him there. So they had the entire day where they did nothing on Thursday because you have to have a 24-hour period once cloture is filed. And then cloture has to be voted on an hour after the Senate begins meeting um, after that 24-hour period. The Senate began meeting at 9.30 a.m. Uh, today, and um, they voted on it at 10.30. And so now you've got the 30-hour period, and everything will wrap up. All the debate will be done, and the vote will be held at 4.30 p.m. tomorrow. We know that Joe Manchin will vote now for uh, Brett Kavanaugh. We know that Susan Collins will vote. We know that Jeff Flake will vote. And we know that the Democrats are going to try a last-minute dirty trick. They're going to try to conjure up something else to try to stop this. And I don't think that they can at this point come up with it. They've tried everything. Uh, I got to say, one of the key strategic flaws here was that they started with the raping and they ended at the beer drinking, as opposed to starting at the beer drinking and ending at the raping. They could have built up a narrative from this guy's an out-of-control belligerent drunk to he rapes women, as opposed to he's a, a, a gang rapist who likes beer. That They played their cards badly here, and they really made Susan Collins mad. They alienated Susan Collins, and... The rest is history. He'll be on the Supreme Court now. Uh, one more phone call before we get into that. Joe has been waiting a while down in Locust Grove. Welcome, Joe. Uh, thank you, my friend. Thanks, Eric. Sure. Hey, look, Eric, I ain't worried necessarily about uh, anything else between now until tomorrow, tomorrow except one thing. <laughs> is there any security around the, the Republican yeah. right now? Um, I'm, I'm worried about the violence issue as well. They think that's exaggerating it at all. The Capitol Police are well-trained in this, and they are surrounding these um, members of the Senate. There are additional security that these members of the Senate have as well. Susan Collins in particular. Y'all, I, I, I don't know that you realize Susan Collins has had people mail uh, coat hangers to her office. She's had people organize uh, spit parties to show up at restaurants and spit in her food. She's been followed around and had people show up at her house. Overnight last night at 3 o'clock in the morning, protesters showed up at Mitch McConnell's house uh, with red Solo cups uh, and uh, PBR uh, chanting, I like beer, I still like beer, uh, to wake him and his wife up. And I think they're going to get violent. I do. I really think they are. And I'm worried about the security for Judge Kavanaugh and his family as well. I think you got to be worried about it. I do know I've been told by several people, I believe it has been reported as well, that they have stepped up security for the Kavanaugh family. They are not, as far as I am aware, in their house right now. They have been moved somewhere else for his protection. People are on the left, angry, and you've got Democrats who have convinced them that a serial rapist is going to be put on the Supreme Court. And in a world where James Hodgkinson does not exist, we can say, well, that sort of rhetoric doesn't do anything. But we got a world where a man uh, tried to mass assassinate Republican members of Congress at a baseball game. So let's not treat the violence as if it's a hypothetical. We've seen it. And the Republicans absolutely fundamentally have to be careful about it. 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. Those are the phone numbers. Listen, we're here until 8 o'clock tonight. In the 8 o'clock hour, we'll throw open the phones and let you guys really have your say on the Brett Kavanaugh matter. I do want to get into other news as well, but we almost lost some Republicans. And it's I think it's really fascinating to look at their concerns and how the media tried to play them 
but also what they did to overcome being played by the media and ultimately side with Brett Kavanaugh. It's a fascinating story of how little leaks around the Capitol build media stories. I'll share that with you when we come back. With all the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where your data is going. Making online purchases, accessing your email, it could put your private information at risk. You're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile or internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, they can often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why I decided to take back my privacy with ExpressVPN uh, so people will stop tracking me. I'm so tired of getting the little advertisements that show up that basically advertise something I just looked at on the web. ExpressVPN makes it easy to use apps. They run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, or your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes a click really really handy expressvpn is rated the number one vpn service by tech radar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee so if you're using public wi-fi and want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data expressvpn's the solution and you don't have to hand over your online history to your internet provider data resellers expressvpn is the answer it gives you great privacy online protect your online activities today find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com, expressvpn.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 54 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Back to the phones we go. Peyton in Atlanta. Welcome. Hi, Peyton. You there? Uh, uh, Sorry, Peyton. Call back, please. Um, Okay. Let me, let me deal with this issue with these. There were a number of Republican senators who were wavering at the end. And I know this from conversations with them and with their colleagues. I've had a number of text messages and phone conversations with a number of senators over the last week or so. Uh, really the last couple of weeks, uh, but it's escalated in the past week. And none of them actually were concerned with the allegations because after Kavanaugh's testimony, they had all largely made up their mind really for two reasons. The New Yorker piece between Ronan Farrow and um, and Jane Mayer and then the Avenatti hit, uh, that these were bogus allegations, that they were unsubstantiated and, and the Democrats were just throwing stuff out there to try to hurt them. And what they decided then is they were going to move forward until Jeff Flake threw his curveball. But during the course of that, the Democrats began to make this argument in the media that Kavanaugh had lied, that he had perjured himself. And that became the hangup, the the people coming forward, the, 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 the boofing comments and whatnot. Um, and it was a real aggressive pushback uh, that really saved Kavanaugh's nomination on that issue. All right, Peyton, I think you're back with me. Well, what's happened to the call screening program here? Um, the call screening program's gone weird. Okay, there we go. Peyton, welcome. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, is it your opinion, or what is your opinion, because of Colin's speech, do you think that some of these toss-up House races might lean more Republican this time? Yeah, listen, um, I think that the, there there was a – the Democrats are still the odds-on favor for taking over the House. Um, but I think there are a number of key seats that have swung back in the Republicans' favor. I've actually got a friend running for Congress, and his is a seat that should not be a toss-up, and it has been um, because Democrats are so mobilized even in Texas – where he's running. And the polling in his district has trended just, I mean, way to the right in the last uh, couple of weeks. And suddenly they're they're out of the toss-up category. And if that level of momentum sustains itself, and I think it will, uh, I think you're not going to see as big a Democratic wave. There's still going to be close, 
But you're going to see a lot of Republicans hang on who otherwise wouldn't have because of the Kavanaugh situation. After the hour, I'm Eric Erickson. We got a whole nother hour after this one. Why did we agree to this? <laughs> Welcome. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Democrats are a little bit apoplectic tonight. Um, there have been over 300 people arrested this evening in the U.S. Capitol for protesting. They have been trying to blockade. Both Joe Manchin and Susan Collins are really upset with them. Uh, Lindsey Graham has gone all honey badger, and he just doesn't care. And, well, it's all downhill from here until the vote tomorrow. I want to move on to other news. We will get back to this. We'll keep taking your calls on this. I've got the Susan Collins audio coming from her speech that I think you need to hear. But I do want to spend some time on Georgia issues because the Kavanaugh situation has been so all-consuming, but I think the Kavanaugh momentum, it affects Georgia as well, because what we've seen is a close race here in Georgia, and it's not actually going to be that close, I don't believe. I, I think Brian Kemp is going to be able to use the momentum from this. I think Brian Kemp is going to be able to um, do a good job of harnessing this issue around the state. I think Stacey Abrams has done a poor job of messaging her opposition to Kavanaugh. And then you've got Eric Holder now coming to the state. Look, you've already got Republicans fired up around the state. Now you've got Eric Holder coming in to the suburban area. He's not even going to downtown Atlanta. He's going into suburban areas around 285. Bill Crane is actually here. Why don't you turn your microphone on? I want to ask you about Eric Holder here for a second. Um, let you jump in here. And and I'm just not sure that when you've got Republicans suddenly as engaged as they are, that having Eric Holder coming into the state is a good idea. I wouldn't be bringing in Eric Holder or Hillary or Bill Clinton right now. If I were Stacey Abrams, sort of, I'd be standing pat with the hand that she has rather than nationalizing this election, which for the most part she sort of avoided. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, when the national trends are not going in her direction and the president's numbers are coming back and looks like uh, Judge Kavanaugh will be confirmed tomorrow and that base will be energized, having sort of the reverse impact of what I think they were seeking on the Democratic side. That's that's not what I'd be doing if I were her. I'd be trumpeting my endorsement by the Georgia Association of Educators and some of the other things she's focused on that appear to be more moderate, even though she's not. Now, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Quinnipiac has been doing polling of suburban women in swing states, and the Democratic generic ballot in July was 14 percent. Their new polling is out 1 percent. One percent over Republicans. One percent over Republicans. I have not seen that. I uh, knew I knew that the otherwise the gender edge was ten to twelve percentage points in most states, and at one point, as you said, as high as fourteen yeah. percent. Swing states, suburban women, one point advantage for the Democrats. This comes after the Kavanaugh situation. Um, the polling came out today, I believe. Well, as you and I discussed last week, I believe the the people that came off looking the worst in that hearing were the Democratic senators who were reading blurbs from the yearbook. I mean, I think when they went a bridge too far, Mm -hmm. they started losing people who were like thinking, could I stand up for the kind of scrutiny of my what I did in high school and and college? And and then then when they shifted ground, when that didn't hold and they switched to temperament – and drinking in college, yeah, I think it all just sort of caved in. As you know, I, I said in the last hour that it was a bad idea to start with the rape and end with the drinking in college, as opposed to starting with the drinking in college and ending sort with the rape. Sort of beer before wine. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, look, thanks. I'm glad I saw you walking in the hallway. Thanks very much, man, y'all. It, let me just play you one bit of audio from Susan Collins. Fox News just put this up. It's worth playing. The presumption of innocence is relevant to the advice and consent function when an accusation departs from a nominee's otherwise exemplary record. I worry that departing from this presumption could lead to a lack of public faith in the judiciary and would be hugely damaging to the confirmation process moving forward. Some of the allegations levied against Judge Kavanaugh illustrate why the presumption of innocence is so important. 
I am thinking in particular not of the allegations raised by Professor Ford, but of the allegation that when he was a teenager, Judge Kavanaugh drugged multiple girls and used their weakened state to facilitate gang rape. This outlandish allegation was put forth without any credible supporting evidence and simply parroted public statements of others. That such an allegation can find its way into the Supreme Court confirmation process is a stark reminder about why the presumption of innocence is so ingrained in our American consciousness. Boom, there you have it. I, I, I really do think we should all send flowers to Michael Avenatti. He was deeply persuasive with Susan Collins in getting her to stick with uh, Judge Kavanaugh. Now, let's bring this full circle here. Suburban women, uh, Karen Handel and Rob Woodall, those are the districts uh, that some people have said are at play. I don't believe Karen Handel's actually is as much at play. Um, there was an issue there, I think, where some Republicans just thought she had it in the bag and they weren't fired up. They are now fired up, uh, and they've got to be fired up. Do you know why? Because the Democrats are already out this afternoon saying that if they take back the House, they're going to impeach Kavanaugh. That's the Democratic message now is impeach Kavanaugh and impeach President Trump. That's insane for them to do, but that's what they want to do. So I'm thinking this isn't going to work very well for them. Republicans are going to be fired up. Now, listen, you do need to know that just based on redistricting, just based on redistricting, forced redistricting in Pennsylvania and the the, the ballot initiatives in California where it's a, been a jungle primary, uh, Republicans are in danger of losing the House. I don't think now, you know, some people were saying, oh, it's going to be 70 seats. I don't think so. If they lose the House, if you're like a regular listener of this program, you know that I have said for a while the Democrats are going to take back the House. At this point, it's all up in the air. If they take it back, it's going to be a small majority, I think. And it's not even certain anymore Republicans have become so fired up. But can Republicans for four weeks, we're four weeks away from the election, can Republicans continue this level of anger and momentum? I think if the Democrats are out there saying we're going to impeach Kavanaugh, we're going to impeach Kavanaugh, I, I think it can work. And the Democrats, they they can't help themselves, or as, as Ann Richards, the former governor of Texas, used to say, they can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. Yes, I, I don't think they can help themselves. I think that they are going to rev up the impeach Kavanaugh movement, and that's going to help just as much as Trump because people, Republicans, conservatives are now emotion, emotionally invested in Brett Kavanaugh. They're emotionally invested in him. It's going to be a problem for the Democrats. They've overplayed their hands here. And this moves us into Georgia. I do want to spend the rest of this hour talking about Georgia politics. Abrams and Kemp having Eric Holder coming in to nationalize this race when it's already being nationalized against the Democratic narrative. I think that was a bad move by the Democrats and Stacey Abrams. For them, it's a great move for Republicans. Republicans are now suddenly being fired up in the suburbs. Overwhelmingly, I got to say this. I, I want to say this, and people are going to be there. I, I already tweeted it, and people are already angry. You should see how angry people are at me right now on social media for saying this. But I'm going to say it to you, and I stand behind it. And I know it's it's too blunt for some people. But if the leadership of the progressive movement were not filled with bitter, childless feminists, they probably would have known that accusing an innocent man of rape would not play well with moms, dads, or anyone else. And that's what they did because they're stuck in their bubble where they thought it was a good idea and no one around them said, hey, you probably are going to make suburban moms in particular upset. And that's exactly what's happened, including a suburban mom from Maine named Susan Collins. With all the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where your data is going. Making online purchases, accessing your email, it could put your private information at risk. You're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile or internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, they can often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why I decided to take back my privacy with ExpressVPN VPN. 
uh, so people will stop tracking me. I'm so tired of getting the little advertisements that show up that basically advertise something I just looked at on the web. ExpressVPN makes it easy to use apps. They run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, or your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes a click. Really, really handy. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're using public Wi-Fi and want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN's the solution. And you don't have to hand over your online history to your internet provider, data resellers. ExpressVPN is the answer. It gives you great privacy online. Protect your online activities today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com, expressvpn.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. Oh my goodness, y'all. You, you've got to listen to this audio. A buddy of mine just sent this to me. This is a video. This is protesters. This is, you know, we had a guy call yesterday who said, is, hasn't this become a religion to the left? They, they, they've traded God for government. And I'm like, yes, well, this is them. This is an actual protest leader with protesters earlier today on Capitol Hill doing their liturgy practice. Listen to this. If I can get it to play. Let's see. Summon to vote. Summon to vote. Let's go watch the vote. Let's go watch the vote. In offices that you wish to communicate with. In offices that you wish to communicate with. I am going to go to Heidi Heitkamp's office. I am going to go to Heidi Heitkamp's office. Why? She's on our side. And um, after the vote. <laughs> So, uh oh, uh oh, we've got an independent thinker. Charlie, 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 get the guards. We've got an independent thinker over here. Back to the re education camp. <laughs> da! <laughs> I mean, you should see the look the guy gave her. Why? Why Heidi Heitskip? She's already with us. And he just looks at her like, who are you? And then he goes back to the protest crowd. <laughs> After the vote, after the vote, and it's it's all a bunch of women. <laughs> it's a bunch of it's a bunch of like twenty something men with man bun. I'm not making this up, by the way. It's it's a bunch of overweight women dressed in black and a bunch of twenty something men with man buns. I am not making that up in this video. Oh my gosh! It, it, <laughs> oh, you cannot. You cannot parody the left. You you really can't. By the way, I, I got so distracted by that video and had to share it with you. I forgot. I got to tell you about Harry's razors one more time. You can go to Target and Walmart if you want. They have a five-blade razor. And, you know, so they actually told me I had been using their three-blade razors. And their, their five-blade razor sells so much now. It's kind of their focus. And so it's just use it. And so I've used it. You know, I, with another name brand that will go nameless with their Bells and Whistles five-blade razor, I always get, like, razor burn. And I have it with Harry's. And I've been using it. And it's it's a great, great shave. And I don't have, you know, I don't like to shave every day as well because of I have sensitive skin. But it actually, it, it's, I like it. I, I do like it. And it's amazing. You can have a five-blade razor that does that well. It doesn't get dull quick. Um, you can use it for a while. I just, it, it's a it's a thoroughly great shaving experience. And so I, I high, highly recommend it. I may be sold on the five-blade razor. So for a limited time, Harry's has a great deal for listeners of my show. You get $5 off a shave set from Harry's with code Erickson at harrys.com. That means you get a starter set that comes with a five-blade razor, the one I'm using, a weighted handle, the one I'm using, Foaming shave gel and travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping when you use my last name, Erickson, at harrys.com. That's going to be your code. Join millions of guys, I am one and have been for years, who've made the switch to Harry's. Go to harrys.com today. Code Erickson at checkout. Claim your offer, my friends. Claim your offer at harrys.com. I really do. I, I really like Harry's. Now, when we come back, we will take your phone calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. At the top of the hour, 
We're going to open up the phone lines a little more. We'll be a little more free. We'll talk about other stuff. I want to talk about Brian Gibb. I want to talk about Stacey Abrams. I want to play you the audio of Susan Collins. We also have something else that we need to talk about. J-O-B-S, jobs. The jobs numbers today, hugely impressive. You won't be surprised to learn Barack Obama's trying to take credit. Breaking news. The comedian, and I use air quotes here, Sarah Silverman, wants you to know that Brett Kavanaugh believes that if an internet company provides you internet, you should have to pay for it, and that should disqualify him. I'm no seriously, y'all. I'm I'm not making this up. The woman has actually tweeted. Let me read you her tweet. Kavanaugh believes corporations should be allowed to charge you for access to the internet. <gasps> Get her. I, 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 do celebrities not pay their power bills? Do they get free power, free cell phones? I, I, I have no idea. These people have lost their minds, y'all. They have lost their minds. Hey, um, we had a caller call in and said, what about Steve Daines, the senator from Montana? He's got to be at his daughter's wedding tomorrow. How's he going to do this? Well, through the miracle, miracle, the, the miracle of modern technology, we have this company in Georgia, and it is called Gulfstream. And it makes a plane that flies just under the speed of sound, Mach 0.95. It's called a Gulfstream 650. I want one. I covet it relentlessly. Forgive me, Lord, for my covetous nature. It's a private airplane. It is beautiful. I want one. And it can fly him from Washington to Montana after the vote so he can walk down the aisle with his daughter. His daughter's wedding is at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Or are they Pacific? Pacific, they're they're Mountain Time, I believe. I I know someone who should know. He's around here somewhere. (laughs) I think they're Mountain Time. And so, yeah, yeah. So he can, they're two hours behind Washington. The flight, it's at 7 o'clock. He can hop on a Gulfstream. The vote is at 4.30. He can cast his vote and then get to Montana. Yes. Well, actually, no. I'm sure he will have a, a, yes, a, a campaign donor who it will not be taxpayer money. It will be, I'm sure, a campaign donor, or he may be rich. I don't know. Nonetheless, He'll be able to get there in time. His wife was willing to hold up his daughter's wedding. Think about that. The wife was willing to hold up the daughter's wedding so that he could cast this vote. Why? Because she's tired of it. She's tired of the Kavanaugh situation. You know the downside of the Kavanaugh situation. This is the most important point I will make the entire night. The downside of the Kavanaugh nomination is that come Monday, I got to find other stuff to talk about. I've been able to be a totally lazy radio show host because, hey, what are you going to talk about today? I know, Kavanaugh. Now, how's about we go take a phone call? Uh, Austin in Marietta, welcome. Eric. How are you? man. Thank you. Great, great. Hope you're doing well, too. Yes. Uh, what I was calling about earlier, you had mentioned that uh, you thought things could get a little violent um, or we could see some violence uh, as this kind of goes down. Yes. I agree with that. Um my worry is if Trump's the president and we got a Republican Senate and uh, if if Justice Ginsburg passes away, um, I mean, I think it's going to pale in comparison. Yes. I really think there could be significant violence. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. Oh, no. Listen, I, I've been saying this and I, I think you're you're absolutely right on this one. In fact, I was talking to. A Republican senator last week who said he had privately strongly urged the president to pick Amy Coney Barrett now uh, for the Kennedy seat because he thought that uh, he knew the history with Clarence Thomas and with Robert Bork. He knew the Democrats were going to do exactly what they did. He told the president was going to come. He did not think the Senate had the intestinal fortitude to go as far as they did. He's actually pleasantly surprised by it, I should should add. Um, But the president told him – that he believes Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to die while he's president and Amy Coney Barrett will be nominated for that slot. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, in this case, you're talking about a swing vote who's a conservative swing right. vote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Presumably another conservative. I mean, that's the stalwart liberal yeah. on the court. 
And if they think they're going to lose that to conservative, I mean, their heads may literally explode. Oh, yeah. Well, if their heads don't, they'll try to explode other things, I'm sure. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, I, I fear you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I fear you're right. Austin, thanks very much for the phone call. Pete in Lawrenceville, you're going to be next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. <clears throat> Ever since um, Nancy Pelosi said, you got to pass the bill to see what's in the bill, I've been thinking about not how, how, how little I want to reach across the aisle. And I don't, I don't want to participate in process with people who don't respect the process. What, what kind of support out there is out there for, you know, people who want to run the country one way and people who want to run a different country another way. Uh, Should we have two countries? (laughs) Um, I, I don't think that, that's going to happen. Although I'm, I'm of the opinion, Pete, that something wicked is coming. Something wicked this way come. The economy is doing better than it has done since the Great Depression in in terms of percentages. Unemployment is um, the lowest it has been. Uh, it just it seems to me that we got the Chinese and and the American warship the other day within feet of each other, if not inches. I just I I, I just think it just there's this intuitive sense of course I'm a natural pessimist um the glass is is, is always empty uh, but I just think something's coming and part of it may be this antagonism within the country is growing to a point. I mean, look, I don't know if you heard the situation about Facebook. Uh, Joel Kaplan. I know Joel Kaplan. Uh, I was at, uh, met with Joel Kaplan a couple weeks ago, actually. Joel Kaplan is the head of global policy for Facebook. He's a friend of Brett Kavanaugh's. They worked together for years in Washington. He went to the hearing and sat behind Kavanaugh to show support for a longtime friend of his. He had to apologize at Facebook today because Facebook workers were outraged that Joel Kaplan would take an afternoon off work and go support a friend because it happened to be a friend that they did not like. They, they were outraged by it. They they wanted him fired. Facebook employees wanted a fellow employee fired because he happened to be friends with Brett Kavanaugh. This isn't sustainable. It is not sustainable. It is not healthy. Uh, you know, you, you are not defined by your job. You're not defined by your sexuality. You're not defined by by any one of these things. It is the whole you. You are defined by all these things together make up you, and yet they want you to be defined by this. They want to be defined by it, and then they want to punish you if you don't meet their definition, and that's that's really a problem. They wanted the guy fired. He had to publicly apologize to Facebook employees today for going to support a friend of his on his own time, on his own dime. That that's really not sustainable. It is a situation for not just resentment, but it is ultimately long term a situation for violence. It is. They are playing a dangerous game in this, and sadly, there are a lot of people on the right who are fired back, uh, fired up, and, and ready to fight back on this. And I just don't think you can reciprocate. And if you do, you're really escalating and and spinning this thing out of control. The problem, I think, what we are facing in this country is that we have a large and ever-growing number of people who do not believe that we can civilly disagree anymore. Any disagreement makes you an enemy, and that's not healthy in this country. It's 54 after the hour. We've got an entire hour to go. I'll bring you the Susan Collins speech, what she had to say on the floor of the Senate. Some people reacting. They've clearly never heard Susan Collins speak before. Yep, that was her. We'll delve into all of that when we come back. Right now, let's go back to the phones. Franklin and Cumming, you're next. Welcome. Eric, good to talk to you again, my friend. I have a great example of liberal policies fixing liberal policies. Sure. You realize this week, California state said they passed a law that any company based in California has to have at least one female member on their board. Yeah. So how do you get around that? <laughs> Don't incorporate in California. Well, that's one way. But if you're there, you just pass around the dress every month. This week, you're identifying <laughs> as a female. Yes. Next month, I'm identifying as a female. We'll have a single dress. We'll pass it around and everything's good. Yeah. Liberals helping liberals. Uh, yes. Listen, I, I think that that is actually a really good idea. They can have one nice skirt they put on and identify for a month as, as a woman. And, the, you know, they can even say, we're teaching people how to walk in someone else's shoes, preferably high heels. Well, 
One other contradiction I discovered this morning in my men's Bible study, which you'll appreciate, which was if I'm born this way, right, a state of the uh, LBTG community, mm-hmm. but I'm fluid, am I born fluid or am I born this way? Uh, that's if a question. gender fluidity, uh-huh. right? Yeah, l- listen, th- this this is the ongoing contradiction there of, of our, you're born gear straight, but you get to pick whether you're uh, male or female. It's... And uh, yeah, um, <laughs> it, it's the, the contradictions. Listen, I mean, this is the same thing, though. The the believe all women. We're supposed to believe all women, but screw you, Susan Collins. Um, listen to all women. No, no, but not you, Susan Collins. Believe all women, except not the, the Leland Kaiser, who said she didn't know Brett Kavanaugh and didn't know anything about it. Don't believe the 64 classhood childhood friends of Brett Kavanaugh said this wasn't the guy they do. No, no, no. Believe all women, but don't believe these women. No, no, no. The the contradictions write themselves in all of this. It, It is the logic of an insane asylum. And that's where we're headed with this. Now, when we come back, Susan Collins, she took to the floor. She said she's going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh. I want you to listen to some of her speech. And how is this going to affect the Georgia elections? We'll break that down and take your calls when we come back right here on WSB. It's seven after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. An extra 30 minutes here. That we've got going on. Um, Why? Well, because we wanted to delve into Susan Collins and there was one other topic we needed to discuss before we get to your phone calls at 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. The topic that we need to discuss, and, and I do mean this seriously, I don't mean it flippantly, it is a Wall Street Journal report that came out this morning along with Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley has still asked... Even though the uh, the Kavanaugh nomination is advancing, he wants all exchanges between Christine Blasey Ford's lawyers and associates, anyone they talk to about this matter, and the other people, the um, the Deborah Ramirez and the Julie Swetnick. The reason is because. We need to talk about Monica McLean. Monica McLean was a spokesman for the FBI who had worked for Preet Bharara. Preet Bharara was the U.S. attorney in New York that Donald Trump fired. He pledged himself to the resistance. He was the right-hand man of Chuck Schumer for years. So you have a woman who worked for the right-hand man of Chuck Schumer, and she turns out to be the beach friend of Christine Blasey Ford. And she turns out to be the woman who reached out to Leland Kaiser and suggested to Leland Kaiser that she clarify her remarks to walk back her statement that she didn't know Brett Kavanaugh and had never heard about the party. And by the way, do you know who represents some of these people? Andrew McCabe's lawyer. You know Andrew McCabe, who was fired from the FBI for leaking to the press about the president? Yeah, his lawyer is involved in representing some of these people. Doesn't it just seem a little bit odd that the same people who have been leading the whole resistance effort for the president surrounded them, surrounded Christine Blasey Ford? That they're all tied together in this? That Monica McLean turns out to be the beach friend? She worked for Chuck Schumer's former chief of staff. It's just, I'm sorry, folks. I don't believe in coincidences when this stuff sort of happens. And this happened. I, I, I don't think it's coincidence. And I'll tell you someone else I don't think thinks it's a coincidence. Susan Collins. Here she is from the floor of the Senate. Christine Ford never sought the spotlight. She indicated that she was terrified to appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and she has shunned attention since then. She seemed completely unaware of Chairman Grassley's offer to allow her to testify confidentially in California. Watching her, Mr. President, I could not help but feel that some people who wanted to engineer the defeat of this nomination 
cared little, if at all, for her well-being. Yep. It was all per- all these ties, this Wall Street Journal story this morning, they were all persuasive. I'll tell you one thing that was not persuasive. Brett Kavanaugh's op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today where he defended his judicial temperament wasn't persuasive. Was not persuasive to anyone well, except for maybe Jeff Flake, and that was the purpose of it. No one else thought it was very good. Everyone thought it was, was kind of weak that I talked to, even among the Senate uh, senators. They, they didn't think it was great, but they all knew that, you know, his performance last Thursday, he, he really wanted to show he was innocent. He wanted to, to, to make sure everyone knew, but he also needed to show the president that he was willing to fight for himself, and he did. This op-ed today was about Jeff Flake. Uh, here's a little more Susan Collins from her floor speech. The presumption of innocence is relevant to the advice and consent function when an accusation departs from a nominee's otherwise exemplary record. I worry that departing from this presumption could lead to a lack of public faith in the judiciary and would be hugely damaging to the confirmation process moving forward. Some of the allegations levied against Judge Kavanaugh illustrate why the presumption of innocence is so important. Yes. I've been making this case for the last 48 hours. You you know, so the reason Democrats began to pound the drum on the perjury stuff is because they heard the little buzzing around the Senate that there were senators who were rather concerned about did he perjure himself. I knew that Flake and Collins were concerned about the due process issues because colleagues of theirs who are their friends knew that they were concerned about this issue. I've spent a lot of time over the last 48, 72 hours writing about uh, first principles must trump the idea of believe all women. Uh, that we in this country, we we believe that people are presumed innocent until proven guilty. And even under federal law, you know, the Democrats say this isn't a, this is just a job interview. But even federal law says that in a job interview and a person accused of a crime must be given the presumption of innocence. And the Democrats didn't want to do that for Kavanaugh. And then they wanted to deny him his due process. They, they wanted to deny him the right to a fair hearing that included uh, how uh, allowing him to confront his accuser. And that was deeply persuasive. And then just to be on the safe side, Jeff Flake, God bless him. You know, there are a lot of people who don't like Jeff Flake, and and I've been very critical of Jeff Flake. Very critical. I I was happy to see someone challenge him in a Republican primary. I supported him strongly for the Senate. He was a club for growth pick, had a 100% club for growth record, and then grew in office once he got in the Senate and had six years. And... Flake that was constitutionally principled. I may have disagreed with him collaborating with with some of the Senate leadership on the growth of government after spending years of being a small government club for growth guy, but he is constitutionally principled. Uh, Always has been constitutionally principled. And that really matters here. He was not going to allow an innocent man to go down for something where he was falsely accused. And the FBI report fairly well convinced these senators he was being falsely accused. The FBI report showed that Leland Kaiser had been pressured to change her testimony. I'm told there are other pretty damning accusations within the FBI report about uh, the level of coordination among the Democrats. Notice the Democrats are not pushing for the report to be released. You had, remember Spartacus? Farticus? You, you had Corey Farticus Booker? Who said, I, I'm going to release this. I'm not allowed to release this. Hey, this is this is the closest I, I'm getting to Spartacus or whatever. He's not releasing the FBI report. What, why would they not release the FBI report? Hmm? Why, why would the Democrats, who were convinced that it would ruin Kavanaugh, why were they not releasing the FBI report unless it makes them look bad? Beyond what the Wall Street Journal is reporting that one of Christine Blasey Ford's friends who happens to work for a Chuck Schumer associate pressured Leland Kaiser into changing her testimony. Brenda in Roswell, we're going to go back to the phones. You're next. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I enjoy your show. Thank you. So I heard something last week about um, 
if Kavanaugh is confirmed that Hank Johnson is pledging to investigate his background? Yes. I was just wondering how um, Kavanaugh is going to hold up to questioning by Hank Johnson. Well, it, what he's going to do is he's going to threaten to stand on the side of the room where the biggest crowd is and flip the room upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do if I were him. For those who have no idea of what Brendan and I are talking about, Hank Johnson believed that we would put so many people on the island of Guam, it would literally flip over. Oh, gosh. Yeah, listen. So if 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 the Democrats take back Congress, um, the Hank Johnson will be a committee chairman and they intend to harass him. Now, here's here's what's so interesting. This is a very interesting point. By the way, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. The interesting point here is that we have a lot of Supreme Court precedent on executive uh, privilege. And you can't be dragging up the president to Congress to to answer Congress's questions. I think we've never had a situation where Congress has wanted to harass a Supreme Court justice. And I think we will find there's a judicial privilege here that you can't drag Supreme Court members before the United States House of Representatives for questioning. I mean, even if there's an impeachment trial, he, he does air an impeachment uh, investigation. He doesn't have to show up. And see, here's the other thing. I, I'm fairly confident at this point that if the Democrats do take back the House, it's not going to be as big a margin as we were looking at a month ago. And the reason it's not going to be as big a margin as we were looking at a month ago is because the Republican base is suddenly infuriated by the Democrats. And as they continue to go down the road beating the drum of impeach, 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 I think it's only going to get worse for the Democrats. And you're not going to have some of these Democrats in Midwestern states on the impeach uh, Brett Kavanaugh bandwagon. Remember, back in the 60s, there were billboards across the South that said impeach Earl Warren. You couldn't get the Congress to impeach Earl Warren. I don't think you're going to get the Congress to impeach Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, The fact that the Democrats want to turn it into a campaign issue is brilliant for the Republicans, brilliant for the Republicans. In addition to saying they want to impeach Trump, they want to impeach Brett Kavanaugh, it gives the Republicans a message headed into November that the Democrats will stop at nothing to destroy everything, and it will keep Republicans in the game. It will keep Republicans fired up. It will keep them engaged. It will keep them willing to go to the ballot box to stop the Democrats. And I think the Democrats will be able to get it back because it's just redistricting in Pennsylvania, the way California is shaping up, uh, New York as well, some of these liberal states. But they're not going to have the margin that they thought. It would be a narrow win if they are even able to do it now. But the tide has turned against them. And I think it is important to state over and over and over the reason the tide has turned against them is because they overplayed their hand on Brett Kavanaugh. Accusing an innocent man of rape doesn't play well with moms and dads who see their son. It could happen to him. It's 24 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Back to the phones we go. Barbara calling from Buckhead. Welcome. Eric, how are you doing? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I have a quick question for you. Sure. I have been seeing on YouTube the hashtag walkaway movement, Mm -hmm. where a lot of people who were Democrats are really up in arms about what's going on with the Democratic Party. And I haven't heard anybody talk about how that might affect the midterms. What do you think? Well, there isn't really any polling data out there. Nobody really knows. I will tell you this. There's an interesting nugget out of Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas uh, that is actually also reflective here in Georgia in Rob Woodall's district, and that is Hispanic districts are actually some of the districts that everyone says should go Democrat this year, and they're not. The polling shows Hispanic voters aren't drifting to the left the way everyone has expected them to. Uh, And the reason is purely cultural. They agree with the Democrats on fiscal issues, but everybody becomes a cultural voter over time, and they are 
siding with the Republicans on these cultural issues, including immigration of all things, because they're legal voters who went through the process, they understand it. Uh, but on abortion, on gay marriage, on um, the 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 progressive shutdown on college campuses, the the censorship, the targeting Christian bakers, you name it, uh, Hispanic voters are beginning to side with the GOP. And and you've got like Will Hurd is a great example down in Texas. He's a district that went for Hillary Clinton. He should be toast. Uh, and Hispanic voters are actually backing him up. So, yeah, I think that what we're going to see with the Republican Party is some surprises in November. I'm still in the Democrats take it back camp, the House, not the Senate. I think the Republicans may actually gain in the Senate. I I still think the trend lines are with the the Democrats overall to pick up seats in the House. I don't think it will be nearly as as a margin as they expected. Uh, But again, we're seeing in these Hispanic swing districts that should be trending Democrat. They're not. And time and time again, it's cultural issues. Danny in Atlanta, you're next. Welcome. Yeah, how are you tonight? I'm a first-time caller, and i got to tell you, your call taker may have been the nicest and most friendliest call taker I've ever had. Yes, she is. We keep trying to make her mean, but she's too nice. Uh, She was extremely nice. (laughs) But um, uh, I I, um, was wondering, you know, so I've been listening uh, to almost every minute. I'm a huge news junkie, but... It seemed to me that the uh, Democrats were pushing for the, for the FBI. FBI. Yeah. Okay. So real released. quick on this, Danny, and, and first of all, sorry, I, I, I didn't realize what our clock was. Um, yeah, they seemed like they were pushing it, but then they got it in Reddit, and there haven't been any leaks from them. Uh, the leaks have come from the GOP, and I think that tells us everything we need to know about them. All right, folks, Mark Aram coming up next. 